You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hello, Michael. Andre, I am looking at the left side of the table, your right, and um, I think I think I'm going to use a, a good three dollar word uh, for this. I am uh, trepidatious. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> and that's, that's that's a Conrad Black word. That's why there are dictionaries, Andre. Uh-huh. I am uh, a little bit leery, a little bit, um, what is the word that I really want to uh, to say here? Uh, usually I'm the one who brings suspect wines to the table. This is more than suspect. Oh, it's beyond suspect. Um, I have an uncle. He likes to collect things. Um, he's a collector of, of whiskeys. He collects scotch. Uh, I don't know if he collects bourbon or anything, but like... I, I have memories of my childhood of like this uncle always being someone who, who collects things. Like when the beanie ba- when the beanie baby craze was like at its peak, where it's just like, oh my god, the the purple bear with the misprinted label is going to be worth a hundred thousand dollars. Like I remember uh, my uncle being in cahoots with my um, my French Canadian grandmother, and like he's always always been a collector, collector of comic books. What I didn't know is so these wines are literally from my childhood. Um, I used to. I was born in the Northwest Territories, and now we talk about my Saskatchewanness. But I think a lot of people don't know I was. I, I was born in Yellowknife. Okay. And uh, my uncle would travel to and from to come visit my family up there. And he kept. He kept some of the airplane wines. I didn't know you could keep the airplane wines. Usually, they open them for you and pour them. Oh, but this was in a civilized time. I think it's maybe even been from a time when you could smoke on a flight. Oh, have you smell the bottles? Do they still smell like? Anyway, so, you so have- I've got I've got five bottles, um, and, and you know what? Just so we're we're sort of burying the burying the lead. There's two, uh, sorry, three Canadian wines on this table, and this will be going back to the '80s. The wines oh. that are on the table predate VQA. Um, wow, a- including one like I'm, I'm you know I'm going to start with the start with the first one here. It is a Bouchard Aine Efis uh, Semillon from Bordeaux. Okay. Uh, I didn't even realize that Bouchard Ine did any work in Bordeaux. I'm I'm looking at that bottle and I can see the color of the of the wine <laughs> within, and oh my god! It lo- you know what it looks like? Uh, it looks like a sherry of some sort. It looks it really looks like a um, a not a thick sherry but a thin sherry. A- okay, so we can see from the top of the cap on the inside, like it is a screw cap of some sort, but it doesn't look like it was terribly well sealed. No, and uh, was that mold or rust? Uh, <laughs> honestly, just looks like uh, it looks like it's probably rust from the inside of the the cap. I'm not sure. Yeah, it I, smells like sherry. I'm definitely spitting, and I'm trying to figure out where. Uh, anywhere on the patio, on the patio is fine. We are doing this outside in my backyard for the I think the first time we've done it in this backyard. Yeah. Yeah, and I also brought along because you said suspect wines. I brought one of my suspect wines, and we'll explain that, I guess, at the end. Yeah, this is this is sherry. I mean, that that's too bad. Um, like, do, do do you know? Does Bouchard still like they're negociant? Do they still do anything in um, uh, do anything in Bordeaux? Wouldn't be surprised. I it says Air Canada Reserve Reserve Air Canada. And uh, no, I I don't think that's rust, Andre. I just think it's really, just wow. That's terrible. 
terrible. All right. But, it, oh, it does say 1983 on it. There's that's, a, that's my birth year. There's a vintage date. Okay, so th- these were, I think, literally from the flight when my uncle may have been coming out to uh, <laughs> greet me <laughs> greet me to the world. Uh, the white wine I've got here is from... Oh, my God. It's an Inniskillen, also a 1983. Saval Blanc. All right. What's the last time Inniskillen made a Saval? They could still make a Saval, and we just don't know it. They probably blend it away into something. Saval's still out there. All right. So the inside of the screw cap looks much more intact yeah, than the last yeah. one. The other one had uh, definite uh, remnants around where the um, uh, where the bottle met the 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 plug or whatever it is. Okay, so the color's a little bit more orange and less brown. Oh, but it smells worse. I would drink the Anne uh, Semillon before I think I would. Yeah, I, I hate to say this, but this actually smells like uh, sauerkraut. Oh my god, this is this is some nasty ass shit, Andre. Sorry, I I know I'm not supposed to say that, but that like you're you're not even. That doesn't taste. It tastes bad, but it doesn't taste as bad as I thought it was going to. It tastes worse. See, the, the worst part about wines that are, are this far gone... There's at least some acidity, though. I mean, that's it, though. But, I mean, okay, so it's the thing that that's the worst thing about wines that are this far gone is that, like, we can't even come up with a tasting note from it. And, I mean, these are... No. These are... are um, um, they're little bottles. They're, they're bottles that were that were served, I'm guessing, in economy. Like, my, my uncle doesn't strike me as a guy who would have flown first class to... And they're, they're 187 mil bottles. Now I don't know if the 750 bottle would have been any better, to tell you the honest truth. But wow, you know, Andre, uh, that is some terrible wine so far, and uh, you can no longer say that I've served you the worst wine you've ever had. Yeah, you, I think this is up have... there with the up there with the Kentucky. Um, okay, you know what? Let's go with the uh, let's go with the the first Canadian wine here. First off, remember Pacific, Pacific Western? Western? Yeah. Oh goodness. Which eventually became Canadian Airlines. Okay. Which eventually went out of business. Okay. Um, Mission Hill Vineyards, British Columbia's most awarded winery, has selected this premium wine for Pacific Western, produced and bottled in the Okanagan Valley by Mission Hill Vineyards, West Bank, British Columbia. Now, did they tell you what kind of wine it is? Eleven percent alcohol. It looks like it might be a white. It does look like it might be. A, it might be a white. I just assumed that it was going to be a red from like how dark green the the, the, the glasses. Glass yeah. So this is. And it doesn't. It doesn't say white wine or red wine. On the on the bottle, that's pretty. That's pretty ballsy of them. And there's no vintage on the bottle. Okay. Alrighty, here we go. And yep. It okay, was, that was a white. Was, that was, was white. white. Okay, so this one wasn't chilled. Looks uh, looks similar to the Saval as well. Actually, it looks more like the Semillon. Hmm. You know what? That th- smell isn't oh, terrible. Actually, yeah. It's... I'm not sure. A hundred percent. Might be some sweetness to this. Hmm. Here we go. Oh, there's like a mustard seed note to this. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a little muscat of some sort. Yeah, the nose is very floral to it still. Yeah, there's a little residual sugar left in there that is probably the best of the three so far not anything wonderful but there's definitely a little sweetness uh that they've that they've kept in there 
And, um, yeah, uh, I really don't know what else to say about that uh, other than it does say that it's by Mission Hill in their West Bank, British Columbia. So, um, but again, I, I'm, I'm thinking that's, that's some kind of Muscat-ish or um, Chardonnay Muscat. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, Chardonnay Musquet. But I don't, I don't think they had Chardonnay Musquet at. Uh, we, we, okay, at that so time. I've, I've got the Mission Ridge Premium Dry Red now. Do you want to drink instead of the white wine glass? Yeah, Does it make any difference? No, I don't, no save it because uh, you know I might have some. Uh, oh, the color is actually nice and like vibrant red on this. This, um, it's got some Cabernet Franc characteristics. Old Franc, maybe. Oh, but you aerate it and it just becomes tar and leather and, but not in a good way, not fine Corinthian, more like backyard, look what we found. Oh, oh sorry. I, I just splashed you, didn't I? Yeah. Sorry, Michael. Um, this is not terrible. Yeah, we're we're spitting wine like all over the the backyard right now because we haven't we haven't swallowed anything yet. And poor Henry just got hit. He was in Michael's splash zone. Yeah. So and I got Andres. So I don't know. It's tough to figure out like like what's in this. It doesn't it doesn't taste like hybrid soap. Mm. 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 But. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be uh, Michael drinking that. You, you got to be a little bit more careful. You're literally spitting wine on the next door neighbors. Oh, okay, all right. So I'll start using the spit bucket. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Patty. All right. <laughs> all right, we got we got the last one. I think this I'd, is, I'd, off, I'd offer your neighbor a glass, but I mean, I don't think. Uh, uh, we'll offer a glass of some of the better stuff when we're uh, <laughs> when we're done. When we're done with this crap. Oh my God, Andre, I, I can't. I'm blaming you for a lot of stuff now. Okay, so the last one we've got is a uh, Cote du Rhone from uh, Barton et Gestier. Oh, French. Yeah, uh, Reserve Air Canada. There is no vintage on the bottle. Okay. 12.5% alcohol. I don't know if I can get this cap off. Give it to Henry. Here, you you want to give it a try? So. That's that's got a pretty good seal on it there, Andre. Maybe that's uh maybe that's uh hopeful for us. Uh you know what, if you had a like a knife or something, we can tap it up and see if we can break that seal a little bit. Or I could go get a pair of vice grips and see if we could twist it off. Yeah, one of the one of those two. I would start okay. with a knife though. What kind of knife? Just any kind of butter knife or uh yeah, something with a with a dull edge. So actually this is a Reserve Air Canada uh, Cote du Rhone. So very similar to the Bouchard Anne and Fee. Um, the same logo on it, same thing that it says reserve. Uh, so even you know Air Canada was um, using uh, French wines at the time. So I'm going to assume that this is also uh, uh, an 83. I was just as Andre was inside, I was surmising that Air Canada has never been a very big supporter. Of local wine. Of local wine. But I mean, that's it, though. I, th I think one of the excuses we've heard when I've covered this story in the past, working at uh, working at Bell, um, 
was that there's logistics with getting local wineries to provide that. And um, to Air Canada's credit, I have been fortunate enough to um, to fly business class this uh, actually a few times this past summer, and they had decent Canadian wine. Henry Pelham was well represented. Uh, Cave Spring was represented on some flights. It's um, Veronique Rivet that's uh, here. Let me give this right. Veronique Rivet, um, our, our Quebec-based sommelier, who is making the list for Air Canada. So uh, I don't know. I'm still not completely buying the issues with um, with bottling lines. I'm sure if they could find a way to make it make it economical, there'd be a way to. Oh, I, I think so too. And if you if you look, there are some. Oh, maybe I think you've got to turn. I, I loosened it for you. I'll say that. Um, I would, um, I would, I would say that there are some wineries who can look, uh, just just for uh, you know giggles. Uh, I know Enniskillen makes small bottles of ice wine. Why couldn't you turn that into regular wine? It's it's not just that too, but it's like we've got wine in cans now, right? Like surely Correct. that's got to be a viable way to like, There's and, and, and everyone's lining up at, at between the lines. Um, like I'll be honest, for ADX, the ADX wine company, we're. Starting an investigation to see about putting uh, when pigs fly, putting some of when pigs fly into cans last year. This does not smell good in any way, shape, or form. Nor does it taste good in any way, shape, or form. Andre, you are 0 for 4. Oh my god, the taste at the finish is terrible. It's so bad that you forgot how to count. You're 0 for 5. Oh my god. The finish is even the finish is even worse. Like it just lingers and lingers and lingers and lingers like a bad like a like a bad fart in the mouth. You know, Michael, I don't know if uh, if my uncle stored these properly. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! Give me give me your uh, give me your white glass. Uh, I'm gonna drink out of the red glass because I'm gonna rinse you out. Because what what I do, I hope to God that the boys at at Stellan Mar are. Um, oh, Andre, it's still it's lingering. Uh, that was terrible, Andre. You're I, welcome. So um, that I think I think that almost makes up for the uh, the wine from Kentucky. So two year two years ago we we did a podcast where we tried the Stellan Mar wines out of can. Yeah, I actually still remember um, the when Chardonnay they, was pretty good. Well, I remember when they pitched the uh, when they pitched the um, the red in cans that I uh, I sort of automatically assumed that it was going to be an off dry, and I think market perception with new packaging is always a problem. Screw caps face it for the longest time, and I think to a certain extent still do. So naturally, I was skeptical of wines and cans. Um, when I broke my wrist, the guys from Selimar were nice enough to send me like a full case of the red. Oh, and it became my house wine for the summer. Even when I ran out of that case, I I bought more. It was the pandemic. So so what we have here is well the the white we drank, uh, and we did that on the podcast. The Chardonnay mm-hmm. was very good in the can, and this is their premium red. There's no date on it, so but we're assuming it's got to be at least two years old. Um, it is California, and if I'm not mistaken, it Lodi was Zin. mostly Zin. It was all Zin. Zin. It was Zinfandel from Lodi. And I remember tasting it out of the can originally, and it very distinctly had the, the Lodi Zinfandel notes, like that, that black tea finish on the tannin that you don't usually get from Zinfandel from other places in, uh, in California. So This is solid. You know, I'm actually it's, enjoying it. It's still, it's still a drinkable wine. It's still quite nice. Um, I think you were right. I think I think it did have a little bit of sweetness when we first opened it. It wasn't sweet, sweet, but you know, market perception, as you said, 
when you think of wine in a can. Oh, I, I don't remember this wine being sweet. I, I don't think there's any residual sugar in this. I, I thought there was. I think it might a be bit, like four grams per liter. But I that. mean, it's it's Zinfandel. Sometimes it does. And uh, but I, I I I didn't think it would age very well. I think it's yeah, you know, it's two years. Is two years aging? Not really. You can lose a bottle in your cellar for two years, and if you have a cellar or in your house for two years, and and most wines would still be drinkable. I was just concerned about the can. I think it's still drinkable. Would I like to see this in 10 years? No, um, but it'd be kind of fun. Uh, so if you still have any of your cans left over. I think I have one can left. I, I have um, I have my um, I have my closet where I keep my ice wine because like, there's just no room in the, the basement. So like, I have a, a very good temperature-controlled closet, and I have one can mixed in with the ice wine. So so what I would what I would suggest is you know, write today's date on it or write a date on it. And then, you know, maybe we get to it in two years. See if it oh, lasts totally four two years. years. Two years or or get it to five years or something like that. I think it'd be very interesting to see how how it how it does age. And, you know, we could be the, these guys could be the, our, you know, the first, you know, test aged in a can wine. Well, I mean, that's it, though, is is the wines that I've seen in a can, like Joy, yeah, you know, the, um, the sparkling Riesling from... Um, Australia, yeah. made by a guy from New Zealand, unless I mix it backwards. Chris, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry if I mixed up your nationality and the grapes' nationalities. But like, I remember that one being like glorious like uh, for what it was. Like, it yeah. wasn't inexpensive. It's something you can make a mimosa with, make an Aperol spritz, like affordable wine in a can. Well, I, as you mentioned, between the lines, like their, uh, their outset uh, flies off the shelf, and people love, love the fact that it can be made with a mimosa. And that um, the winery itself says, you know, great with mimosas, great with juices, great anything that you want to mix uh, with a sparkling wine. And and I think you know that's what a lot of people think of of, of canned wine. Uh, I think Stella and Mar made a little more of a serious uh, attempt at it. Here. I I agree with that. And, and and they they aren't paying. They haven't paid us. It's just like. When this hit the market at one point, it was like $4 a can. And where else can you get a bottle of Lodi Zinfandel for $12? Because that's what the economics yeah. work out to. It's 250 mils in a can. So, yeah. so yeah, thankfully, uh, that uh, that can, um, as the outlier from your terrible wines. I don't know you why you're like saying my terrible wines. It's not like I made them. They were just, they were gifted to me. Yes, but you could have easily gone, they are going to be bad. And here is the toilet. But you went, oh, no. I've got to give them the Michael and let him try them, too. You do that to me, like, five times a year when we do your friggin' Stump the Chump stuff. So, But at, but at least I'm hoping that there's going to be some good stuff in there. And there has been. Yeah, once in a while. Anyways. These bottles here are all has-beens. <sighs> Anyways, I guess, like, you know, we sort of touched on, I, I still think it's a good question about why there isn't Canadian wine in economy class on Air Canada. Surely there is a producer that is making enough wine to at least service some routes, maybe Toronto to Montreal, like something that, that business people or, would drink. Or or, or or maybe an international route. Maybe, you, you know. It, uh, uh, okay, but let's, okay, but I mean, let's be real. Like now, that, this is the thing where now that I'm, I'm, in the business now and, and making wine, I'm just trying to think about what the economics and the amount of wine you would need to 
service like international routes, the number of international destinations Air Canada flies, you know, whether it's easier for them just to purchase, obviously be cheaper to purchase in bulk because your cost per unit goes down. Um, I mean, I I'm, did, not willing, I'm, not, I'm not willing to cut Air Canada a full amount of slack on, on this because I do think that they should be doing a better job serving the Canadian wine industry, especially as flag bearers. And especially, you know, I had a chance to fly Air France and review their wine list about 10 years ago and the wines are solid. Um, I don't know if the same can be said about the Canadian offerings completely as a complete. I, okay. I'm, I'm talking out of both sides, out both sides of my well, mouth. Case spring, Henry and Pelham are great, but like, well, but there's got to be more variety in, in, in what's happening. I know that like when you're flying Air Canada, they give you these bottles still. And, but on Air France, like you ask for champagne and that's an economy. They don't, suddenly pull out a little bottle that you have to pop the cork on they pour you from a big bottle could you not get some big bottles i'd be curious about the logistics of that because that's the other thing too is like in in business class it's a tray with 750 mil bottles um that they they push up and down the up and down the plane i'm sure they probably have a process like every other winery does with tasting where they mark when the bottles are open and i i wouldn't be surprised if some of those bottles go to and from because I, I remember being on Air France, and they they said to me, I said, I would could I get another glass of champagne? And they said to me, if there's any left over, I'll happily come by. They never came by. Henceforth, there was none left over. You drank it all. I wish I had, but other people had realized that there was champagne. But, I mean, that's that's the thing. I guess it becomes almost exclusive. Like, if they only have six bottles of it, Jump on it while you can. You know what I mean? Like so, if they've got a Henry Pelambaco and you're a Henry Pelambaco fan, um, or you want to try Baco and you are on a flight, uh, a Canadian flight, then you know first come first serve. You know, get a get a get a seat at the uh, at the at the at the front of the plane. Well, before we yeah, that's and that's it though. And, and like just to be clear to the listeners of this podcast, I am not wealthy enough to fly business class, but I've been lucky enough to bank. I think like a lot of you bank a lot of points over the past couple of years. I got my travel cards right before the pandemic. Um, what I can assure the listeners of is I most definitely drank a bottle of Perrier Jouet by myself on the way back from Paris to Montreal with my flight being six hours late and not having any hope in hell of catching a connecting flight, knowing for nearly certain my suitcase was going to get lost. Uh yeah, and, and but at least I drank a full bottle of PJ. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, and again, it's it's a legitimate champagne that they're they're serving on these flights, uh, Air France. It's not it's not some oh well, Air Canada business class, Air Canada business class is, is solved. Like, like I said, it was Perrier Jouet. I flew Air Canada oh, on the on the way back. It wasn't Air France? Um, sorry, I guess just one one addendum to wrap up because I know. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one question before for your sure. addendum. Now this was poured out of a out of a bottle. PJ bottle. Yeah, yeah. 750 okay. mil. So they couldn't have gone out and bought a K-Spring Blanc de Blanc. They couldn't have got a Trius Brut. They couldn't have... That's a very good question. Um, it's obviously a bottle. Yeah, and uh, all those producers definitely produce enough volume that you could put a really great sparkling wine. You know what? Maybe, maybe we should send an email to Veronique. I think you and I, you and I have both traveled with her at yeah. one point or another. She's, uh, she's definitely a very lovely... Sommelier, I loved talking wine with her. Um, maybe she can answer that question. All right. Okay. 
the oh, so we got homework. We got homework. Yeah, it's very, it's been a long time since we've actually put homework on the table. God, and I'm gonna have to do it, aren't I? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Crap. I hate it when you give me homework. I didn't give it to you. Um, you gave it to yourself. That's sorry. The so fun the addendum. Part. The addendum. Okay. So last week we um, we did the Coleman wines. Those wines were tasted live. We didn't open up those wines with the intention of not liking them, and I think our critique was fair. Yep. I text messaged you last night. I got around to opening the Colmena Chardonnay last night. I still haven't got to the other whites. I was in the mood for Chardonnay last night. It's Andre. Obviously, he's in the mood for Chardonnay most nights. Usually, days that end in Y. Um, and I yeah. opened it up, and I was... Um, sorry, do you want to throw a, a quick jab at me before I give my review? Correct. It's in the, in, in it would say Andre, and then those, there's those two lines, which means equals Chardonnay. So, parallel to Chardonnay. Um, I, I enjoyed the Chardonnay. Um, I enjoyed it a lot when I first opened it. I, I messaged you that my initial impressions were quite positive. I thought there was nice balance with oak, but as with a lot of Chardonnay from BC, the oak was very apparent, very obtuse, like started, a lot of... Yes, it started to show itself the longer it was open. And that's it. And that was my, uh, my initial was, yes, I really liked it. And, um, and I was, and I was hoping that like those, those wood notes, like it was, it was like opulent with the smell of like fresh oak like it, it smelled like i it smelled like i was taking um like like cutting oak planks on a miter saw yep. which in in my world in andre's world is not the worst thing on the planet but it's not usually the chardonnays that i love with a capital l like those are chardonnays that once in a while is a guilty pleasure i'll i'll dip into there was some nice fruit but i was hoping for more like the fruit skewed heavily citrus okay uh it was more like like orange, but orange and lemon, like sour orange, not sweet orange. Um, I was missing like pineapple. I was missing mango. I was missing some of the other things I, I love about warmer climate Chardonnay that, you know, I was expecting if you're going to hit it with that much wood, because that's what eventually brings the balance on the palate. But the found that deeper I got into the bottle, the spice notes went up. That being said, my my final score on the wine was three and a half plus. Yep. And we're, e we're equal on that. So it is a thumbs up. And the thing is, I think it would have been four stars if it was about $5 cheaper. I think it comes in at about 30 bucks a bottle. I'll take a look. I think, at it's, a, I think it's a little more than 30 bucks. I think I, I want to say it's 36. I could be wrong, but, um, I was a thumbs up on it. I'm uh, also three, a thumbs up on three it. Three and a half plus. Uh, did you try any of the other ones? Did you try the no, Gruner? I'm going did you to, try the Viognier? I'm going to get to it. I haven't got to it yet. I apologize. It's just I've I've just been very very busy. Okay, yeah, the Chardonnay's uh, not on the on the site. And I don't have the envelope with the with the wines in it. But I mean, yeah. So I guess uh, you know I still stand by the I still stand by the score, not knowing fully what the uh, fully what the, the the price is. It's just like I don't know. I was expecting a, a little bit more, and it was a little bit off off balance. I, uh, but I still I still enjoyed I still it. enjoyed it, and yeah. I I thought the best wine. Uh, from that package is still uh, the Viognier. Um, the Gruner was very good, but the Viognier was excellent. So give it a shot, and we'll discuss it once you tasted the other. Yeah, there we'll was probably get to that in, in a couple too, weeks. There's so. the Gruner. There's the Gruner and the Riesling as well too, which which yeah. I am looking forward looking forward to trying. It's just like it's like I said, been very busy to do some serious tasting, except what we're doing on the podcast. So. Um, I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. Follow me on social media at AndreWineReview. Patreon.com slash two guys talking wine with the word spelled out T W O. Yeah, that's it. Is it? Yes. Um, and we appreciate the uh, we appreciate the support. Um, 
you know, like, like I said, full transparency, we occasionally need to upgrade equipment and uh, we now have a really beautiful functional mobile studio that our listeners have helped us pay for. Um, but we still have our hosting costs with SoundCloud. Uh, you know, it costs Michael a tank of gas with the back and forth to go from the Hamilton studio in St. Catharines and vice versa. So, um, as I said many times, it's not expensive to run the podcast, but we appreciate every dollar, you know, $2 an episode, $4 or sorry, $2 a month, $4 a month. It does go a long way to helping us. And, uh, maybe we can get better airplane wine too. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Find me on social media as The Grape Guy. Um, also as Michael Pincus. What the heck? I still have a name. So, Andre, from your backyard to my broken palate, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.